On the block, on demand. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay, not 10. 25-footer, yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin, Stone Cold! Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win by 20! The Bills make me want to... Taylor, going to take his shot, throwing in zone, he's got weapons, touchdown! This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. Ah! The Air! Here on ESPN Radio. 97.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Oh, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board, as always. You can listen online. They do have the internet on computers now. It's a beautiful thing. Or on the ESPN app. That is a terrific way to listen, especially today. Like, a lot of you are out there today, and it's a hustle and bustle day. You're packing up, driving to Grandma's house, or you're driving somewhere right now for Thanksgiving weekend. Or, God bless you, it's like that battle scene in Braveheart. You are heading to Wegmans or the grocery store for some last-minute Thanksgiving, it's it's just a busy day. Everybody's busy and doing stuff, and we're here for you. Put the app on, hit the listen tab, and we'll help you get through it with some good old-fashioned meaty sports talk for the next couple of hours. It's a great way to listen no matter where you go, and I would encourage you, especially with a long weekend coming for a lot of you, and you're going to be hanging out looking for things to do. Hopefully you'll be relaxing a little bit. This Thanksgiving weekend, subscribe on iTunes. If you subscribe to ESPN Syracuse on iTunes, you get the podcast versions of all of our shows. This program, the Daniel Baldwin Show, if you missed Alec Baldwin talking with Daniel about Turkey Bowl football and all sorts of fun stuff, I think some Josh guys on that show too, then you can get the podcast version of that, Orange Nation in the booth with Matt Park and this program. Plus, we send you the big interviews that we do. My weekly chat with Dino Babers, which you'll hear on the radio coming up at 530. If you're like, darn it, I, I can't, I'm going to be in Wegmans battling people for that last turkey. But if you're buying your turkey today, uh, I wish you luck. But if you're going to miss it, you're going to miss the show. That's what the podcast is for, man. Just hit that subscribe button, then you hit it on demand. It's a beautiful thing. If you want to get in touch today, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644 to talk sports or last-minute stuffing tips. I'm here for you, man. I'm telling you. Killer stuffing recipe right here. The key is sausage. Sausage stuffing. Get your, get your, I've heard people, it's a, it's a wild mushroom cranberry. Get, get that stuff out of here, man. Sausage stuffing, it's the way to go. All right? It's the only way. You don't mess with stuffing, okay? And by the way, stovetop people, come on, man. Put some effort into this thing. All right. So that's how you listen. That's how you get in touch. 437-7644 on Twitter, Brent Axe Media. And the text line is 288-0644. Dino Babers, he's the head coach of the Orange. He will join us for his weekly chat on the block today. Thanks, Brent. We're thankful for that, certainly. Usually we do that on Thursday, but for obvious reasons, we will not do that this week as the Orange get ready to take on Boston College and finish out 
the 2017 season on Saturday. We'll talk some hoops tonight with SU and Toledo going at it at the Carrier Dome. I think this is going to be an interesting game on short rest for the Orange. And Toledo's had a couple more days to get ready for this game. You heard uh, Max mention it in the update. Tyrod Taylor will, in fact, start at quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. The Nathan Peterman experiment, at least for now, has been shoved back on the sideline. We'll do some hot takes later in the program, including why Mike Leach, the head coach at Washington State, is one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. We have got, at some point today, maybe I'll do it in hot takes, there is this unbelievable story that I really hope is true out there today about Minute Bull. And I believe that this is new. I don't think I've heard this before. I mean, people kind of looked at him and said, you kind of look older than you are. So there's this story that the coach that basically signed Manute Bull, like, made up his birthday. Like, he had no idea how old he was. Like, Manute Bull could have been in the NBA as, like, a 50-year-old man. This, I love this kind of stuff. And thanks to our friend Josh, sports host, that's on the Daniel Baldwin show before us. I am so glad he brought that to my attention because between that and the Mike Leach audio I'm going to play for you and some other things we're going to talk about, we've just got good stuff to gobble on today. Uh, first and foremost, before we dig in on a little hoops and football here, uh, I'd like to say thanks to you. I am thankful for you because you listen to this program and otherwise put up with my nonsense on Twitter or on Syracuse.com, wherever you listen, you watch, you read, you consume my sports nonsense. I'm thankful for that. I really am. I'm thankful for everybody that takes the time to listen, to say hello, you know, wherever it shall be in the community. I really am thankful for that. And uh, I don't get to do this without you. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you'll be amongst the people I'll be thanking at the table tomorrow. So this is great because you've got two games in town tonight. You've got the Crunch hosting Rochester, and of course we'll have that for you here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, and you've got an SU game tonight. So tonight's like the de facto high school reunion. You come back to town, everybody goes out the night before Thanksgiving, you see people from high school, whether you want to see them or not, right? And you've got two great things to choose from to do it, and you know, some people won't go to the game, but will watch the game, although they can't watch it on TV because it's on that ACC Network app thing. But anyway... So it's a great social night. Everybody's back in town. Let's get together. And you've got two choices to do it at, at least from a sports standpoint, in central New York tonight. And I think what you might see if you go to the Carrier Dome to see this basketball game. Now, Syracuse is what well, I think I saw a 12-point favor in this game for entertainment purposes only. But this is an interesting Toledo team. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen a lot of Toledo. I Believe it or not, I don't have a lot of time for Toledo basketball in my daily schedule, but to read up on them a little bit today, take a look at who they are. So they've got a couple interesting players to keep an eye on tonight because usually when you play teams this time of the year, even good mid-major non-conference teams, they'll they'll have something missing. They will have something that is such a deficiency that they cannot keep up with a Syracuse. And the other night it was Oakland. You know, Pascal Chukwu was just towering over everybody, grabbing rebounds, keeping possessions away from Oakland. Syracuse played great defense, hit the boards, did all the right things, you know, in the hustle and grit department, which they're going to need to do again tonight. But you look and you say, well, you can't keep pace because you just don't have what Syracuse has in terms of athleticism and, and height and shooting. And But Toledo's kind of interesting. 
So Jalen Sanford is coming into this game tonight. He averages 23 points per game. He's a guy who attacks the hoop, a lot of mid-range jumpers. He's going to be somebody to watch if he can get that ball inside the zone. Trayson Fletcher. Now it's early. There's only a few games in here. But he's averaging 20 points per game. And he's a transfer from Colorado and looks like he can play a little bit. And the other day, Oakland didn't have anybody this size, but Toledo does. And I hope I'm saying this young man's name uh, correctly. I should have checked on this before we went on the air. I was eating too much stuffing. Uh, Luke, I believe it's Napke is his name. 6'11", dude, in the middle. Free throws matter. He can hit his free throws. Certainly a presence defensively. He's, you know, as you would imagine, led the team in rebounding the past few games. So you look around, you're like, okay, well, what's this mid-major? What's this team missing that they can't keep pace with Syracuse? I don't know if they have a player on the level of a Tyus battle, but they've got some size. They've got some scoring. They've had extra rest for this game. Syracuse played Monday night. Toledo did not. So, okay, this could be an interesting game tonight. I think it could be a little more interesting than Monday's game was. This is a busy three games in five, what, six-day stretch for the Orange. You never know, night before Thanksgiving, where people's heads are at. You know, they're, they're thinking about getting out of town and going home real quick for that quick turnaround Thanksgiving that, you know, student athletes get at Syracuse University. Now, SU doesn't play again until Monday, so there's a little bit of a, a break there, a little bit of a pause. But they'll basically get to go home if they can and, have dinner with mom and grandma and grab some leftovers and head on back to get ready for that big Maryland matchup on Monday, which is followed by Kansas and which is followed by UConn. Big three-game stretch there for the Orange. So this could be an interesting game tonight. What Syracuse has to do is, and I think we've seen signs that they know this, and this is the kind of team they're going to be, and they're getting this kind of energy off the bench, namely from Merrick Doljai. They were getting it from Barama Sadaibi as well, but you know, with the knee injury, he's going to be limited, as we heard and saw the other night. But it's defense. There's an intensity on defense, as Tyus Battle even said after the game Monday night. There's, as he put it, a better chemistry on defense and helps when your guards are bigger at the top of the zone. There is a pride. There is a effort on rebounds. You're seeing guys go after it a little bit. Even a scorer and a player that, you know, you look at and you primarily notice his offensive skills, but a guy like O'Shea Brissett is grabbing a bunch of rebounds and takes pride in his rebounding. You know, I mentioned Merrick Doljai and what he does off the bench, and this is a team that has to excel at these things. You can control hustle on defense and rebounding and do the little things right, and I think, you know, the other night the free throw numbers were not encouraging, And this is a team that certainly is still learning its way, has a lot of younger players and new players that are molding together. So you got to make your free throws. You can't go 50% from the free throw line. And I agree with what Jim Beheim said Monday that with O'Shea, who was he, one for five Monday night, that's a bit of an anomaly. He'll make his free throws more often than he won't. But this is a team that's still finding its way in the half-court offense, and you can't just push the Tyus battle button every time, as good as he's been scoring 18 points in at least every game this season. So you got to take those free throws when you can get them, and you've got to do the grit things while you're working on your half-court offense. And they seem to be doing that. But Toledo might provide an interesting challenge here. They beat Oakland as they kind of 
Everybody's playing each other in this tournament that will ultimately end up with Syracuse playing Kansas and Miami next week, the Hoopal Classic. So, we got hoops tonight. We got hockey tonight. If you want to go hear what the new goal song's going to be at the War Memorial, uh, based on some hints that Howard Dolgan is dropping, it appears to be a Dropkick Murphy song. And I'm not a huge Dropkick Murphys guy. Everybody knows that song that was in The Departed, right? So we'll hear what that is. Frankly, you know, you could play like the theme to Sesame Street. It would be better than the garbage goal song they've been playing for the past couple of years. The Crunch don't misfire often, but they misfired on that one. That goal song was just garbage. So we'll hear what that is tonight and see if this team can... Kind of get back on track after a slow start. If you're going to the hockey game tonight, enjoy that. And you can listen to it here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And then maybe if you're in town long enough and you're visiting for the whole weekend, like, oh, there's a football game Saturday. And that's going to be an interesting football game because they really have nothing to play for other than the old-fashioned pride, put another win on the board to finish with one more win than a year ago. That's a harder sell to put it out there that you're making progress and you're better as a football team. And people coming home for Thanksgiving, this is a perfect example. Like, if you're somebody who's coming home for Thanksgiving, right, and maybe you read up on the team and you follow things, but you're not immersed in it. So you're going to sit down at that Thanksgiving table. And inevitably, maybe Syracuse football comes up and you're going to say, hey, uh, Uncle John, what's up with that football team? He's going to say, you know what, man, they're getting better. They're getting better. They they beat Clemson, what a huge win that was, and they had some close games here and there, and like, oh, what's their record? Well, if they, if they win Saturday, it'll be 5-7, and seven. and then you're going to be like, well, weren't they 4-8 and eight last year? How much better can they be? So having to explain that to somebody that's not immersed in it like you are will be an interesting conversation. If they finish 4-8 and eight, like they did a year ago, anybody that's watched this team for five minutes knows they are better, they are going somewhere, there are signs of progress, but... We have the same record. That's a hard sell for somebody who's kind of looking from the outside in saying they're they're better, really, because I see the same record, right? I've worked in the public sector. They expect results. A little Ghostbusters humor for you there. So one way or the other, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Wherever you go, whatever you do, hope you enjoy it. For those of you that have to work, sorry about that. Hope you get to relax and somebody brings you a nice meal. Otherwise... But we've got some uh, some business to take care of before we head into the Thanksgiving weekend ourselves. This is our last show of the week. We'll be back on Monday, but uh, we'll be back after this break. And we're going to discuss Tyrod Taylor. We're going to discuss what football is going to be like on Thanksgiving because of all the protests and the nonsense. And I'm not watching football anymore. And I wonder how many Thanksgiving celebrations are going to have a discussion because you want to sit down and watch football and Somebody's going to be in the room like, I don't watch football no more. They don't they, they, they don't stand for the anthem. Be like, dude, we're watching football. It's Thanksgiving. Well, they don't stand for that anthem. Be like, no, we're watching football. It's Thanksgiving. You can take a day off from your protest, Uncle Bob. If that happens in your house, can you, like, just kind of quietly film that on your phone and, and send it to me? I'd love to see that. Who's going to hold the line on the protest? Because the great unifying thing about football is you can have the game on, and while there's small talk going on with people you probably don't want to talk to, at least you can always kind of focus on the game, right? 
Football's the great unifier on Thanksgiving. You want to get out of an awkward conversation with that cousin you only see once a year. I, okay, I'm going to go watch the game, right? It's like, it's just great. But if you got somebody in the family that's like, oh, we don't watch no football no more. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Download the podcast so you can listen to that. Do something. But we'll get into some football next because I don't think Sean McDermott really put his tail between his legs, so to say. But he had no choice but to start Tyrod Taylor in this game Sunday, and he will. Giants are playing on Thanksgiving. We'll discuss that and more. We'll dig into the football weekend ahead coming up because it's our last show of the week. We usually do it on Friday, but we'll do it next. Stay right. Mike and Mike, 6 to 10 weekdays on ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200, and 1440 a.m. On the block with Brent. And it is, my friends. Hey, SRC Incorporated. They are growing. They are looking for software or systems engineers. If that is you, go apply. Do it now. SRCINC.com. That'll be good because you can go to Thanksgiving dinner and be like, yes, Aunt Jane, I finally got a job. Ask me every year. You probably should get a job. So if you are a software or systems engineer, boom, SRCINC.com. So we were talking about naps and, and the great naps, and I was like, hey, let's do a top five list of naps. And I was I was only kidding, but my man Kyle on Twitter, at Nation 10 this is fantastic. So Kyle, I am not only going to read your top five naps list, we are going to give you the voice guy treatment. Okay. From Kyle. At Cuse Nation 10, top five naps. Number five. Sundays during the 4 p.m. NFL games. Number four. After any round of 18, playing golf. Number three. Christmas Day during the NBA. Number two. January 1st after a hangover. Number one. And, of course, the post-Thanksgiving meal. That is a well-done list there, Kyle. My man. Now, I would only amend this. The golf one, the master's nap. I wouldn't say after playing a round of golf, the master's nap. And it's not, I mean, you could say golf nap or any major when you're watching golf on Sunday. The master's nap is clutch. I always fall asleep probably about, you know, right about before they make the turn and you wake up just in time. Probably about the 13th or 14th hole when it's getting good. But that is a great list. Kyle, bringing it. Love it. Let's go to the phones before we do some hot takes here. And there are two things in hot takes you can't miss. One is Mike Leach talking about marriage of all things, and it is can't miss audio. The other is this Manute Bull story that we have, which, if this is true, may be the greatest story ever told. Let's see what uh, Monty in Cicero has to say first on the phones at 437-7644. Monty, what's happening, man? Hey, Brent. So... I was wondering, um, now again, you being in the media, I'm not sure if you have a Hall of Fame fame vote or not, but I was wondering how much weight gets put on on flash of the pan success versus consistent success? It's, It's definitely consistency, and it's tough, Monty, because I do not have a Hall of Fame vote, but I should. I'm acquiring a Heisman vote, so I'm put the Axeman on the Hall of Fame list, right? And that's literally what it is. It's And thanks for the call, Monty. It is a bunch of sports writers that sit in a room and they argue about this. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. 
They do put more on consistency, but there are flash-in-the-pan guys in the NFL because, you know, you could have an incredible four- to six-year run in the NFL, and that could be good enough for the Hall of Fame. You know who's a good example of that is Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis got into the Hall of Fame essentially because he was one of the greatest postseason running backs in history. He had a 2,000-yard season and checked enough boxes, but that's a flash-in-the-pan career. Over time, cumulatively, he didn't have a Hall of Fame career, but he was so good at a few things that it got him in. Now, that being said, I was going to discuss this in hot takes, but my man Monty got into it. So Randy Moss, Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher headlined the new semifinalist for the Football Hall of Fame. They're in. They're all Hall of Famers. The fact that T.O. didn't get in last year is an utter debacle, just an absolute joke. So he should get in this year. That's four. And then you've got names like Leroy Butler, Leslie O'Neill, Simeon Rice, Everson Walls, left over from last year. Uh, some of the new names, Tony Baselli, Brian Dawkins, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Edgerin James, Jimmy Johnson, Ty Law, John Lynch, Kevin Mawai, some of these were on the list last year. Uh, Heinz Ward, Carl Mecklenburg, and it's a, it's a short list of names that get in. What do you say we uh, hit that fancy open, do some hot takes? We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Okay. Now... This is longer than the usual soundbite that I would play, but trust me, it is worth all two minutes and eight seconds. Mike Leach, the head coach at Washington State, big Apple Cup game against Washington this week, Pac-12 title on the line, very serious football things. So Mike Leach was asked for some marriage advice. There's a reporter who's getting married in a few days. He asked Mike Leach for some advice, and, well, let's listen. The women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course, my answer was, I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th- that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over. Well, you're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. Uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you. 
until uh, after you're married. There's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late. Uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. Uh, you need to find um, <laughs> excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. Mike Leach, ladies and gentlemen, not just a great football coach, uh, terrific marriage advice there. That's hot. That's pretty much how it goes. We don't matter. Guys, we don't matter. It's not your day. It's her day. I did one thing for our wedding. I hired the DJ, which consisted of me turning around to the guy that sat with me at a radio station I worked at at the time that I knew DJed weddings. I was like, dude, can you DJ my wedding? Sure. Cool. When is it? Told him the date. How much is it? Cool. All right, good. Sign here. Boom. That's all I did. And that's all I should do. That's all you should do. When should I be there? What should I wear? I do. Boom. Weddings are all about the bride. The sooner you know that, the better. That's hot. Get a few guys to be groomsmen. Maybe hire the DJ. Do something. Because Mike Leach couldn't be more right about that. Offer your opinion. It's not going to matter anyway. They'll do the opposite. That was fantastic. Now, I was lucky. Okay. I was, I've heard these stories and I've been in plenty of weddings. I was lucky. We got engaged in April. We got married in October that year. And I did nothing. My wife was like, she was like the Terminator, man. Boom, boom, boom. Got it done. Book this. Next thing you know, we were married. Fantastic. Okay, so this Minute Bull story. (laughs) Just, I don't know if this is true. Okay. It's one of those, you know, fake news. I don't know the internet today, but I'm just going to tell you this because even if it's not true, it's a fantastic story. So apparently, as Adam Zagoria from zagsblog.com writes today, former Cleveland State coach Kevin Mackey says no one, including Minute Bull himself, knew his age when he came to the United States. Said Mackey, quote, I gave him his birthday because they didn't know how old he was. Mackey is now a scout with the Indiana Pacers telling Adam Zagoria this. Quote, every athletic door is open at 19. Every athletic door is closed when you're 35, said Mackey. He was probably 40, 50 years old when he was playing in the NBA. They didn't know how old he was. This wasn't one of those Danny Almonte things when you know how old he is, but you fudge it a little bit and he's, yes, I'm 12 years old, right? No, they didn't know. They just made it up. Uh, date of birth, please. Uh, 11-21-61? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that works for me. That's fantastic. Manute Bowl. Already one of the most unique stories in the history of the NBA, seven foot seven minute bull. Was probably now, first of all, if he was in the NBA when he was in his fifties, are we talking like a 30-year-old dude in college? 
How old was he in college? How old was he at Cleveland State? That's what I want to know. This is unbelievable. And I don't use that word lightly because the unbelievable has become believable these days. Think of the most wacky thing you can come up with and it will happen. Now, according to the always reliable Wikipedia, Manute Bull was born October 16th, 1962. He was 47 years old when he passed away in 2010. Sadly, Manute is no longer with us. Bull's son, seven foot two, Bull Bull. Yes, his name is Bull Bull. His last name twice, giving Ruben Boomshe Boomshe a run for his money there. Signed a letter of intent with Oregon on Monday, so we are going to get a new bull. By the way, Oregon's got the number one recruiting class in the country, according to 247sports.com. Now, according to the always reliable Wikipedia, Bull Bull was born November 16th, 1999 in the Sudan when his father was allegedly 37. But Mackie says Bull was probably much older and could have been in his 40s or even 50s. When he played in the NBA. That is incredible. That is incredible. He just made it up. Just made it up. How old is he? You're old. How old I say you are? How does 45 sound? Good. I'm good with that. I want that to be true. I really want that to be true. Adam's a good reporter, and it's right out of the, the, the mouth of the coach. This isn't one of those internet rumor things that Snopes has to come in and investigate. Like, that's a thing. That is a thing. <laughs> and that is great. That's you, you can tell that story at the Thanksgiving table tomorrow. That's hot. You're welcome. When Uncle Bob starts talking about Trump, you'd be like, no, 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 I got a better story. Tell the Minutes bull story. You're welcome. So LeVar Ball said that, uh, who cares? Let's stop giving LeVar Ball attention, shall we? That's hot. Jerry Jones uh, is saying, this is more interesting, that he will will not sue the National Football League. According to a letter from Jones to Falcons owner and chair of the Compensation Committee, Arthur Blank, obtained by the New York Times... Jones' initial concern was that only those owners on the competition uh, compensation committee, pardon me, had a say in Goodell's contract. He wanted every owner to, quote, have a voice in approving the terms. And now that in Jones' view, the committee is receiving valuable feedback from a number of owners. He is, quote, standing down from my threat of litigation against the committee. So what you're telling me is for once, billable hours is not going to win this discussion? Huh. That being said, this is not the end of Jones' campaign to hold Goodell's feet to the fire, telling USA Today's Jarrett Bell, quote, I want accountability. The Cowboys owner is saying this is not about replacing Roger. It's a misnomer to say it's payback for Ezekiel Elliott. It's about the accountability of the commissioner to all of ownership, which I find interesting because Jerry Jones thinks he's the commissioner. He has said this. Go read the Don Van Natta Seth Wickerstam ESPN article. Jerry thinks he runs the league. So for him to get out there and say, this is about the integrity of the office of the commissioner. No, it is not. It is about Goodell. That's fine. If it's about Goodell, just don't spew this BS that it's not about Roger Goodell because we know that it is. Billable hours will still win somehow here, but in this case, 
maybe a little less. On that note, we shall break, my friends. One more hour of sports talk goodness before we head into Thanksgiving weekend. Dino Babers joins us next hour for our weekly chat with the Orange Head Coach. Thanks, Brent. Last one of the season, sadly, as Syracuse will not be going to a bowl game, but how can they get by those Boston College Eagles and A.J. Dillon in particular? We will discuss that. More on Syracuse Toledo tonight. We've got a lot to do. Hang in there. You're on the block.